8.27. Jesus went on with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, the others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and called them, If anyone, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say to them, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. There is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. So, I've been thinking about some fashion things, right? So, like, fashion throughout the years is uh, kind of interesting. I'm not into fashion. I don't like looking at the runways. In fact, I think all the runways are kind of weird. You know, they always have these weird get-ups, and you're like, there's no way that's going to ever take off, right? But it's interesting to look at how trends come into being, right? We look at photo albums, and we all do this. I look at mom's hairdo, you know, in the what, 80s, and I'm like, whoa, right? We look, we, look, we look at the pants, we look at the colors, and we're like, there's no way ever, anyone ever thought that that was cool, right? Then why would you paint your house that? I mean, this is, these are interesting things. You look at uh, a history textbook, open it up, you see old men with wigs, and you begin to wonder, like, how in the world did this catch on? What was it that, like, flipped the switch, and then everyone's like, you got to have this wig, man, you're getting to be 50, right? How did this work? Uh, one other aspect of history that I find interesting is the hoop skirt, right? Like, I never, like, got, I, so I started looking into this, right? I'm like, I'm writing a sermon, 
the hoop skirt. Let's just let's just do a little history digging, okay? It was super weird, right? So I was like, why are you looking at hoop skirts? Um, but and trust me, I have some reliable resources, you know, that I looked up. But the hoop skirt could be like six feet, right, in diameter, which is like crazy big. Oh, whoa, okay, bring the six footer. But there was at one point that it was as large as 18 feet in diameter. That's insane. Like, I mean, that's like three of me laying down, and that might be about the size. And so I'm like wondering, is that why the double doors got created? Or like maybe like they constructed the hoop skirt in the building? Like they're like, okay, don't, now Mary Elizabeth or whatever is bringing in the hoop skirt. So she needs to come in and get ready first before the party actually begins. You know, you got a 10-foot pole that you're trying to feed them hors d'oeuvres with. I mean, these are interesting things, how they catch on. But, but trends in marketing campaigns, I, I just think about the hoop skirt and the wig and wonder if it was the exact same thing that we have now as far as like marketing campaigns, right? Seth and I talk about this a lot, and he shared with me some different, um, he's a business major, so he knows about marketing. He shared with me that, you know, like Apple, the top brands, like Apple, Nike, I mean, even McDonald's, right? They all have marketing campaigns and to get you to buy their product. But it has nothing to do with the product, right, Seth? It has nothing to do with the specs, the internals. You go to Apple, and it's not about, oh, well, our chip runs faster than all the Dell, whatever. You don't get any of that. What you get is some sort of passion, some sort of emotion that they offer you. They say, oh, Stella, you want to be a teacher? Okay, well, in order to be a teacher, if you're really passionate about it, you need the iPad with the pencil. You need these things. Why? Because if you're passionate about it, you will be the best teacher, right? We, and then we fall into this. Well, I, I'm really passionate about this. I need this. I need this. Apple thinks differently, right? So maybe I can be a part of that thinking differently and take on that role and enter into the workforce and become the best. Now, there's some obviously some pros and cons. Like, there's a reason why we buy Apple. Maybe there is a reason. Maybe it's not just the passion essence. Maybe it does function well, which... I assume it does. Most of us have Apple products, right? But also Nike. What is, how does Nike market their products? Just do it. Just do it, right? And just do it is attached to LeBron James, Michael Jordan. You wear Jordans, why? To become the best basketball player. All the kids want the Jordans, why? Right? Why do you want Jordans? You're short. You're not going to make it. That was me, right? You're not going to go anywhere, kid. But if I have my Jordans, maybe I'll hit my shot. We used to even hear this in high school. We're like, well, I don't have my shoes, so that's why I couldn't, you know, finish at the layup, you know? They're like, no, 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 that's not the case. You have bad form. But we believe the marketing strategy. McDonald's, what do you buy when your children are sad? You buy happiness. You don't buy high cholesterol and saturated fat. You buy happiness for your children. Someone is sad, let's buy happiness. It's only like three bucks, right? But it seems to work. Apple is one of the top selling products. McDonald's is on every street corner. And probably some of you are wearing Nike. Okay? They are top brands. They seem to work. And when we take part in them, not that it's bad to take part in these products, but when we take part of them, we kind of carry the banner of those marketing strategies. We say, well, I wear my Nikes. I don't have my shoes, so I didn't finish. 
you know, I do want to buy some happiness. We fall into it and we kind of continue the marketing strategy. I pull out my Apple iPhone and I know why I like it. I actually have no idea what's, what makes it work. It's internal. Why I need more RAM or less RAM or why I don't need that much RAM. Why I need this much storage. I don't even know how much storage is on my phone. Most people probably don't. You go online and you compare them then to figure out maybe. But most of the time, no, I just, I just like it. Yeah, like I feel better with it. <laughs> So you have no reason, no logical reason on why you bought the product, right? I mean, these are interesting. We even do these with values, such as good and bad. Even our uh, political system seems to operate with this marketing campaign. You agree that with these policies, you are a good person. We're going to market good people. So you want to be a good person, right, Caleb? Don't you want to be a good person? A good person does this. This is what they believe in. We don't spend time reading anything, looking into it. It's either you're a good person or you're an evil person. Oh, you believe that? Automatically, you're evil. Why is it the case? Have we read anything? Have we looked into it? Maybe we have, maybe we haven't. But it's still that marketing strategy that is so ingrained in our culture to push forward the passion of, I want to be good and I don't want to be bad, so therefore let me buy this product. Let me wear the hoop skirt. I want to go to the party, and I want to be the queen of the party. I want to look like royalty. Let me tap into that passion. So let me show up with the hoop skirt. Let me get 18 feet in diameter to be a real presence. Nothing left, that good. Um, but yeah, like we, we buy into these things. And then we go around walking around with the wig, with the hoop skirt, and showing that this is working. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't buy these products. It's just to know that this is how it works. But we do them with values. And it's particularly interesting with good and bad. And we don't ever actually look into the fine print of why it is. This seems to be the case. Peter grabs Jesus, says, here, um, this is what you need. This is what you need. These are the values you need to have, the goals, the actions. You claiming to be the Messiah, I don't think you understand. So I've been living in this world, and I know what the Messiah is. I, 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 I've ascribed to these uh, marketing campaigns. I know what they are. You should wear this. This would look good. We even do it to each other, don't we? We go around, oh, well, you... Don't you need to wear this? Doesn't this look like what you want to become, your passions, your desires? Please put this on. This is the outfit you must wear. It's like marketing a bit of identity, isn't it? Peter says, no, 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 no. Suffering, die. Priests will reject you. Ah, that's not your identity. This is who you are. Take this. I find myself doing this quite often, attempting to dress Christ in the clothes that I desire, even the clothes that I wear. I look at Christ and I play a little dress-up game, essentially. I take what I enjoy, the values I like, the discipline I think I have, or whatever it may be, the ideologies, and I put it on Christ and be like, ah, 
it's a little big, but it works. You know, it kind of fits. You know, it, okay. All right, let's bring out the other clothing here. Let's try on this shirt. Okay, that, okay, that one's way too tight. Let's just get rid of it. Let's try on this one. Jesus wearing a snug shirt. Looks pretty good on him. I think it would work. I think we could march him out there like that. That's the Messiah I can follow. There he is. And then we continue on telling each other. Then Christ speaks. Get behind me, Satan. You're setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. This is what, this is who you say that I am? Or is this simply what other people are saying that I am? No, 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 Christ. I know the scripture. Daniel chapter 7. Let me pull out my little, like, like ring it out here, lay it all down on the ground, Peter does. He says, look, you have been given authority. Glory and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language will worship you. Your dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And this kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. That's the son of man. That's what, look, I know what these words mean. I've read them. This is what it means. Put these clothes on. Don't wear a, a crown of, of thorns. Wear this golden crown. Put this on. How typical it is that I do this, even to Christ. Not even to one another, but I do it to Christ himself. I want to put my clothes on Christ. I want to match him, but really I want him to match me. I don't want to change out my clothes. I want Christ to put on my values, my definitions of what you are. This is my God. Does let my God change me? I do not seem to want Christ's values, the way he looks. I do not want to follow this Messiah. I want to follow the Messiah that I have defined in my mind. And it is interesting to go about this. I imagine Peter asking questions to himself. Kind of after the incident, he got a six-day journey until the transfiguration. I imagine, like, there's no way this dude, why am I still following him? There's no way. I've read the scripture. I can point to why my ideas and my values are correct. There's no way. Six days later, Jesus took him, Peter, and James, and John, and led them up a high mountain, apart by themselves, and Jesus was transfigured before them, and his clothes became dazzling white, such as one on earth could not bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. <coughs> then Peter said, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses. And one for Elijah. He did not know what to say to them, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, I looked around, 
they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. Listen to me, watch me, right? This is what Christ is saying to us. Listen to me, watch me. Put on my clothes, match me. Walk with me so that your garments may become dazzling white. What are the values that I have tried to place on Christ? Put on costumes that now, yeah, it fits. And I can walk around. Isn't this why the church argues so much with stuff? No, these are the values that we need to be a part of. These are the political things that we should be in support of. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. Are we following and becoming dazzling white? Who is, who's not? We don't know. But maybe just by following and being in step with Christ, the garments that maybe we have put on from marketing campaigns will suddenly become changed. And we will look like Christ. And we will see that he is the Messiah. And that we will look dazzling white. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, how we typically try to dress your son in something other than dazzling white garments. Aid us in awakening and putting on the garment of Christ, so that we may be witnesses of Christ. Thank you for showing us the way. In your name we pray. Amen.